No, you won't. <laughs> he asked me to say a few words, so that's what I'll do, a few words, relatively speaking. When I sat down to pray about what I would say to you this afternoon, what came into my mind almost immediately was a homily I gave many years ago. I wasn't sure exactly when I gave it, so I looked it up. It was back in 1997, but I remember the title of that homily very well. I called it God's Plan, Our Plans. And I began that homily by saying that if you haven't noticed, just in case you haven't noticed, those two realities don't always align themselves perfectly. Sometimes they do. Praise God. Our plans coincide with the Lord's plan for our life, and we usually rejoice when that happens. But more often than not, my brothers and sisters, our personal plans do not fit neatly into the Lord's plan for our life. And sometimes they don't fit at all. How appropriate it is that we had as today's second reading this beautiful text from Galatians chapter 1, where St. Paul makes it very, very clear that before his encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus, his personal plans did not include becoming the great Christian apostle to the Gentiles. The Christian persecutor, yes, but the Christian apostle, the great apostle and event, no, no way. That was not on the radar screen. But St. Paul is not alone in Christian history. Now, I know we have members of the Society of Jesus here, and they can correct me if I'm wrong. They can correct me later on, and I will humbly accept their correction. <laughs> oh, yes. However, from what I've been told, from all that I've read on the subject, I think it's safe to say that prior to his battle injury and long convalescence, that young soldier named Ignatius did not plan on starting a new religious order, a great religious order in the church. And speaking of the Jesuits, I think it's pretty clear that Cardinal Bergoglio's plans earlier this year did not include an extended stay in the city of Rome. <laughs> and we know that because, well, at least, again, things I've read, he had his return ticket in his briefcase, they say, when he came in for the conclave. And he had his homily for Easter already waiting for him back in Argentina. I don't know about you, but I definitely thank the Lord that his plan and the Cardinal's plans were very different in this regard. Amen? Amen. And while we're on the subject of Jesuits, I know for an absolute fact that prior to a beautiful bus trip that we all took out to Ohio in the late night, mid, late, the late 1990s and one, on one summer weekend, I know for a definite fact that the plans of Mike Rogers Jr. did not include the events of the last two days, nor of the last 11 years for the most part. But God's plan did. And for that we rejoice and thank the Lord this afternoon. Do we not? The challenge of priestly ministry, my brothers and sisters, is the challenge to say yes to the plan of God always, even when it does not include our personal plans, the plans we have made for ourselves. That's actually the challenge every Christian faces in his or her life.
Father Mike, it's easy to say yes to the plan on days like this. It will not be so easy on other days. And I think you know that just by the beautiful homily you gave and the message you gave there. You understand that. I can certainly attest to that fact. Believe me, my personal plans for my own priestly ministry did not include dealing with Parkinson's disease. I tell people all the time when I used to pray the prayer, Dear Lord, make me a priest like John Paul II, I did not mean, Lord, let me get Parkinson's. No. Not at all. I meant, Lord, make me a good and holy priest like John Paul II. You know, if I didn't know any better, I think the Lord misheard me on that one. But I do know better. My point here, Father Mike, is that the cross in some form is always, always, always a part of God's plan for us, the Heavenly Father's plan, clergy and laity alike, as it was part of his plan, the Father's plan for his divine Son. Jesus, of course, our Lord and Savior, accepted his cross, and he used it. He used it to save the world. And the good news is, if we accept ours and use ours, especially as priests, we become very effective instruments of Jesus Christ for the salvation of souls, like John Paul II was, like Ignatius was. And speaking of Ignatius, he understood this as well as anybody did. That's why, why he wrote the words of this very famous prayer, and we sang it beautifully yesterday at the ordination. What a powerful moment that was when we sang these words, and you could hear those Jesuits really spelting out these words of this song, and rightly so. Take, Lord, and receive all my liberty, not just some of it, Lord, all of it, my memory, my understanding, and my entire will. All I have and call my own. You have given all to me. To you, Lord, I return it. Everything is yours. Do with it what you will. Give me only your love and your grace. That is enough for me. You know, that prayer, like so many others, is really easy to say and easy to sing if you've got a halfway decent voice. But it is very, very hard to live it. And yet it's possible to live it by the grace of God, as Ignatius did, as John Paul II did, as so many great people in the Church, the great saints, have done throughout these centuries. My prayer for you this afternoon, Father Mike, is that you too will always live that prayer in your priesthood. As you said yes to God's plan on that famous or infamous bus trip so many years ago, so may you say yes to God's plan every single day, every single moment of your priestly life. And in the process, may you help many others to say yes to God's plan in theirs. Ad multos annos. Amen. Amen.